Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today Thursday morning podcast on the 28th of December 2023. I'm Andy Eubanks, C.J. Miller joining me with news today, including considerations for corn seed technology upgrades next year and recognizing award-winning Indiana landowners. This podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, experienced banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. Visit ffbt.com to learn more and stop by your local branch to talk about your ag operation today. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin here, too, with an odd weather mix. And the Wednesday markets yesterday mixed lower most of the day. Tom Fritz analysis coming up on the Who's Your Ag Today Thursday podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture culture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. Making agriculture your life's work comes with challenges that can leave you feeling alone. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. And when you're a member of ACI, you have agribusiness advocates in your corner, similar agribusiness members to network with, and opportunities for continued education. If your business serves Indiana agriculture, we need your perspective and hope you'll become a member of ACI. Visit inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Some things for Indiana corn producers to consider for 2024, and one of the winners of a big award from the Indiana Forestry and Woodland Owners Association. I'm C.J. Miller, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Well, planted corn acres were high in 2023, and yields were a pleasant surprise in many cases. Andy Eubank reports now on some different considerations to keep in mind for Indiana corn producers for 2024. Research and development is the key for corn seed to weather the elements, and Jamie Horton, DeKal brand manager, says their R&D effort continues to evolve and get better as technology evolves. We continue to, to innovate with DeKal. We have the bring the best genetics forward and are testing throughout a lot of different environments. Um, our local teams are also further characterizing those products, and we're really getting a better understanding, especially as we take some of the digital learnings that we have and some of the, just the really cool technology that we have these days can really help those corn yields and helping us with picking the right genetics. New genetics are coming for the new season in 2024, and they'll help address issues in 2023, even though the products have been years in the development stage. We're excited to bring a new launch class out. But also, as we looked at 23, we saw a lot of rootworm pressure, and so that's something we continue to evaluate. We're excited in 24 to bring a brand new trait to market with uh, DeKalb BT4 Pro technology with RNAi technology. That'll be a, a brand new trait coming and products available with DeKalb uh, for 2024. When you're weighing whether a new product is the right decision, Horton says looking at research and local data is important, and planting new hybrids on limited acres is an option. I think if you can test it on your own 
farm, that's a great way to uh, to really understand that performance and that characterization and placement of those products. And, and certainly work with your local agronomist and, and dealer network as well to understand, hey, what are those products and what are we seeing out of the new products of DeKalb? We certainly hope as we prepare for 24 that I know we can't predict the weather or environment, but we can make some of the, the choices now to hopefully at the end of the year have that yield uh, in, in that ROI in your pocket. To browse through the DeKalb 2024 seed catalog online, click the link at our website, whosyouragtoday.com, and the free mobile app. I'm Andy Eubank. Be sure to check out the upcoming Big Iron online auction on Thursday, December 28th, featuring Coalites. There are plenty of well-maintained pieces of equipment up for bid at multiple locations in Indiana and Ohio, including a 2013 Case IH Patriot 4430 self-propelled sprayer, a 2012 John Deere 4940 self-propelled sprayer, a 2006 Terragator 8103 floater chemical applicator, and much more. No reserves and all items are lien-free, so register and place your bid today at BigIron.com. Well, several Indiana landowners have recently been recognized with the Charles Deem Forest Stewardship Award, by the Indiana Forestry and Woodland Owners Association. One of those winners was Diane Billings, the owner of Billings Family Farm in Warren County, just west of Lafayette, which includes about a 1,000 acres of woodlands. She says the farm once belonged to the family of her late husband, Richard. We inherited this farm four years ago, and we look back on what's happened in the last four years. We feel like we've been affirmed by receiving this Deem Award that, you know, we're doing good stewardship. She says her family installed tree and prairie borders to encourage wildlife habitat and control flooding and erosion along the farm's border with the Wabash River. Diane says she's seen the benefits of their labor in a very short amount of time. Already we've seen the return of pheasants. We've seen the bobcats there, and there's wildlife that we usually haven't seen in the past. So we hope that this is working to improve the habitat. Diane shares some advice for those looking to get the most out of their woodland properties. First of all, have a contract with a consulting forester. They're enormously helpful. Give a shout out to Purdue. They have, you know, a wonderful online course about forest management. So that's helped me a lot to know what best practices are. Also give a shout out to the Women's Learning Circles. They have workshops for women who are landowners. And actually in Indiana, I think 50% of the land is owned by women. So that's been a big help to take those workshops. The other co-winners of the Deem Award for Forest Stewardship were Alan and Peg Royer of Putnam County. You can hear my full conversation with Diane Billings at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm C.J. Miller, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Radio Network. Let's face it, operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit Bid America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at fcma.com operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Bid America is an equal opportunity lender. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Who's Your Act Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. As we take a look at the setup here across the region for your Thursday, very odd setup, honestly. We don't see this very much here with strong east and northeast winds. That we've seen fairly decent amounts of times over the course of the past year. But east-northeast winds bringing lake effect precipitation. 
Yeah, that's a whole different animal, but that's what we've got today. Strong upper-level low spent yesterday meandering out of Missouri and into central to southern Illinois. Today it's meandering out of the central southern Illinois into southern Indiana. With the low track right now, that means the circulation around it still is very large geographically, but the counterclockwise flow comes up and across the Great Lakes back to the uh, switching, swinging back to the west. So we're going to be seeing moisture circulating around the low coming across the Great Lakes, picking up some potential for lake effect or lake enhancement, rain and wet snow possible. Lake effect flurries can be seen all the way back into eastern Iowa. You don't see that very often. So an odd setup, but one that's going to give us a grayer day for sure. And colder air is really starting to push in here. I don't think it's going to be cold enough that we can say that everybody gets the snow. Well, I think a mix of rain and wet snowflakes today, but I need to stress moisture totals are very very light. The amount of moisture available to this system is not huge. A few hundreds to a tenth or two liquid-wise. So either way, whether it's a cold rain or wet snow, it's going to be relatively light. Winds are going to be a little bit brisk through the day as this circulation continues to work through. And overnight tonight, the low really doesn't move much farther east. I just think it starts to die and settle southward maybe into the Ohio Valley. So clouds I think can hold through your Friday tomorrow and we still see cold air here. Clouds give way to sunshine on Saturday. Sunday, New Year's Eve, we see a reinforcing shot of cold air diving southward out of the upper Midwest. A little bit of cloud cover with that for New Year's Eve in the overnight. I won't rule out some snow flurries as we turn the calendar from 2023 to 2024. But by the time we get to the noon hour on New Year's Day, we're clearing out. We're chilly, but we're seeing sunshine. Tuesday, Wednesday, temperatures normal to above normal as some bounce in the temperature comes a little bit into the area. And then another round of cold air coming out of the Canadian prairies takes control for the balance of the week. Overnight, Wednesday night through Thursday through Friday, temperatures normal to a bit below normal for this time of year. Still no bitter cold Arctic air on the horizon anytime soon. And also, I think the yo-yoing of the temperatures here this upcoming week is all going to happen with no moisture. I think we could be dry from Monday midday right on through next Saturday the 6th. That's a look at your forecast. Have a great rest of your day. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Mixed markets as soybean futures turn around for a slight gain. This is Hoosier Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Wednesday Farm Market Review. Settlements on the way. First, let's dip into why the markets did what they did. I checked in at the end of trade with Tom Fritz. He's with EFG Group. Tom, mostly lower Wednesday markets, but once again, as the bean market got a slow start, it reversed course. This time, soy oil on Wednesday turning higher. That seemed to support the bean market, but really... It's thin holiday volume and not much news anywhere. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, when you say not much news, you know, you can always dig out something. And, uh, you know, does the trade want to pay attention to that? Um, you know, I was a little surprised with the new lows in the dollar that uh, feed grains didn't do a little bit better. But uh, the bottom line is, you know, you had your uh, short covering rally in corn in the week yesterday. Uh, and I think that stemmed from uh, the... Uh, over the weekend uh, escalation between uh, Ukraine and Russia, where uh, Ukraine shot down a couple of uh, Russian jets, and then they bombed a, uh, a Russian landing ship uh, that had been uh, sitting in port in one of the Crimea ports. 
And uh, so, you know, everybody thought, oh, here we go. Here we go. Well, you know, it's the same old story. We've seen these increases uh, in tension, and yet there's no follow-through when the market reacts to it. So, you know, we just basically reversed a good portion of the gains we saw yesterday in the feed grain markets. And other than that, you know, we just don't have a whole lot going on for this corn and uh, wheat market right now. Uh, soybeans, it's all about the weather in South America. You know, yesterday, uh, the beans uh, for the first half of the session were under the gun. Uh, attitudes were that, uh, uh, or excuse me, uh, yeah, yesterday, first half of the session, beans were under the gun due to the idea that uh, weather will improve next week in uh, the hot and dry areas of Brazil. and uh, But then they rallied to go along with the rallies in the feed grains. Well, today they started out lower again, but then, uh, what was it, mid-morning, late mid-morning, they started to rally again. And uh, granted, we're only, uh, you know, up a cent and a half, but uh, you look, uh, we're, what, 11 cents off the lows in March beans, and I think that's due to the midday uh, weather updates that uh, have next week's forecast for Brazil a little drier than what we've seen uh, the last, uh, call it, 36 hours Plus the uh, rally in Jan beans, Jan beans up three and a half versus March up a cent and a half. Uh, we have first notice day coming up on Friday for uh, Jan deliveries. And the attitude is uh, we may not see uh, too many bean deliveries. And as you mentioned, Andy, we had a little bit of a reversal of fortune in the uh, bean oil market, which, boy, I just don't understand. You know, yesterday the crude oil was on a nice rally and soybean oil dogged it. Here today, we see crude oil given back yesterday's rally, and now you see a uh, bit of a reversal in the soybean oil. So, you know, I've told people before, I've never been a good grease trader, and, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, right now it shows I'm still not a good grease trader. Uh, I just, you know, I can't find out uh, the, you know, the rhyme and reason behind this other than the meal market uh, under a little bit of pressure. So, you know, if meal's lower, bean oil's going to get a bid because of the spreading and vice versa. But, uh, you know, for the longest time, I thought bean oil would have support at 48 cents a pound. Uh, we traded through uh, 47 cents a pound in the Jan contract before bouncing back. So maybe my idea on 48 cents a pound soybean oil is uh, still valid support. But, uh, you know, overall, you know, it's a holiday trade, not a lot of volume. It seems like we get most of our flurries early and then again late. And uh, going forward, um, you know, okay, year-end considerations. The trade is a net short wheat or a big net short in corn, um, kind of a mixed position in beans. Uh, the large speculator, I think he's got a small short, uh, small short position. Funds have a small long position, so we're going to continue to trade the weather in Brazil. Um, two weeks out, January 12th, we got uh, lots of USDA numbers coming at us, but uh, what do we do in the meantime? Uh, personally, I think, um, you know, as far as the soybean complex is concerned, we watch the weather. Tom Pritz, market analysis. Tom is with EFG Group in Chicago. Now the settlement's down about three in corn and up about three in beans. March corn, 476 and a half. May contract dips to 488 and a half. Both contracts down three and three quarters. In beans, three and a half up January, 13, 16 and three quarters. March 13, 20 and a half up a 
penny and a half. And the weak side leader, the Chicago wheat market, even with that weaker U.S. dollar index, March wheat 623 down 13 and a quarter. The meats, February live cattle 169.27 down a dollar 12. February lean hogs 69.87 up 57 down just a little on deferred contracts. I'm Andy Eubank with the Wednesday review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's most listened to farm radio network.